Welcome to Home Dad Chat, brought to you by the National At-Home Dad Network. My name is Brock. My name is Danny. And we are here to talk about life as stay-at-home dads. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. No, I don't want much. I even love handmade crafts made of macaroni. Come on now, you should know me. Sometimes I might eat too much. No worry about my weight, got the dad bod rocking on me. Sketches on my feet, cargo shorts look good on me. I'm a dad, that's what I do. Punch it, Chewy! I mean, hey, welcome back to the show, everybody. <laughs> I'm still trying to sit in my head. You, hands, you Han Solo and me, Chewbacca, and I'm like, ah, yeah, but nah. <laughs> you got more hair than I do. I, it's it's a tough it's a tough one. I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. oh. We could do Pinky in the Brain. That would be easy. Let's do that. There we go. Okay, Narf. So which one? Okay. All right. Yeah. Sure. No, because <laughs> I am not the brain. Yes, you uh, are. <laughs> no, definitely not. Oh well. Anyway, the guest that we have coming on tonight, I believe, uh, we've never had on the show, so it'll be his first time. If I'm not mistaken. Am I wrong in that? You, you say that. And no, I believe you're correct. But I, I want people to understand why that's a thing. Because we have a lot of guests that have never been on the show. Ah, it's true. This is that's a guy true. that every, well, I would say the majority of our friends listening are going to be like, oh my God, yeah, I know that guy. So yeah, but it's his first time actually on the, the podcast. I know, which is going to make it difficult, I feel like, in some ways to pull something out that no one knows about them. Like we did with Jer- like we did with Jeffrey, because that was... Mm-hmm awesome to find out his nerd background in all things lord of the rings yeah he's much quieter though than our our guest tonight for sure less yes. uh, obvious yes this 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 man will come with a thunder <laughs> now that i think about it for purposes of our guest tonight him and i definitely i'm the brain absolutely you can tell him <laughs> i said that <laughs> oh boy you don't let your little brother get away with crap, and he's definitely my little brother. There you go. So, that's awesome. That's gonna yeah, and that's what's gonna make it even more fun too. Is just that that whole dynamic of everything. But before we get into our guest, just kind of wanted to chat a little bit. How how, uh, how are things going with you? Uh, and we are now within sixty days of uh, Home Dad Con, so. Uh, How's how's the excitement uh, hitting you? <laughs> uh, excitement is maintained. Um, I am really not ready. There's so many things I need to do before I'm ready for this for the for the trip for the drive for the convention for my for my keynote. You know all that stuff. So, um, I, I, you know, the more I talk, the more I should say, the more I talk to people that are going, the more the members that I talk to are like, yeah, you know, my friends, everything. People want to know, and it just there's so much excitement. It seems like this yeah. year that it is being that, that people are broadcasting to me as opposed to me being the guy that's, you know, the big dumb golden retriever in your, you know, in your living room, knocking stuff off the coffee table here. It's everybody else is so excited, just excited as I am. So, yeah. And a lot of new people, a lot of people would have never been. We've got a lot of new members, which is always exciting. Yeah. And so, yeah, and we've got a lot of things going on this year, both at the actual convention, like during the program hours and then after hours and before the convention and everything else. And the, I don't know if we want to talk about board nominees, but we're going to have to at some point, but we definitely, yeah, really exciting. Yeah. Well, then we got what I, I mean, is it six or seven this year that are 
Seven. We have seven nominees running mm-hmm. for three board positions. It's going to get cutthroat, everybody. <laughs> now, that'll be good. That'll be good. Yeah. So we'll have them on. Uh, we'll have a, a, a thing set up where everybody will get to hear from them and, you know, hear about them and, and why it is that you should vote for them and that that thing. So we'll that was like what we did last year, too. So we'll we'll have another episode like that coming up um, once we get everybody collected because that's the part that takes time right there and mm-hmm. editing it down <laughs> yep. which is my job <laughs> and just seven people even if each person only has 10 minutes to tell you you know all about their life yeah we ain't got that much time tonight you guys got to cut it back to five what can you <laughs> tell me in five minutes we might we might have to uh we, it'll probably end up being like a two parter for the most I would I would say it's probably gonna end up being some sort of two part. Now the other thing I thought about too as far as episodes go that we need to work on. Um and I imagine that a lot of newer listeners, especially new home dad con attendees who listen to the show, um, would be a sort of packing list slash how do I set my spouse, significant other partner up for success? While I am away, because we all know that when we go away, more times than not, our lovely second in command, uh, red winning person, however you want to put them, I don't know. There's this things that partner. Yeah, there's this things that they don't know where they are, i.e. toilet paper. I feel mm-hmm. like every year there's known. somebody who says, I got a text message <laughs> that said, where's the toilet paper in the house? Where do you keep that? So, uh, but I think that a definite uh, episode where we kind of go through the hows and do's and what's of getting prepped mm-hmm. to step away for a few days um, is uh, definitely necessary. <laughs> yep, yep. There's just so much. And it, it, even if it's not, you know, not your basic, hey, you know what you're going to pack. And, you know, okay, I'm going to pack, you know, shirts and socks and all that stuff. There's a lot of little things about it. And then what to expect when you get there, especially if you are a first timer, um, the things that we have set up for first timers specifically so that we can kind of guide you into it. And, um, and, and it cannot be stressed enough. Anyone that's going to the convention, you need to get your room. And by now you need to just find a roommate because yep. they're almost all gone. So, uh, I'm pretty sure they're all gone, actually, from what I understand. If I'm uh, correct in the message that I saw from uh, one Mr. Keith Nagel the other day was that the final room was purchased. So, yeah, definitely roommate. Get one. Yep. Time for a roommate. Yep. yep. They're they're out Although- there. If there are open rooms, you can still get a room, but it won't be at our convention rate. Yep. And I think that's, that's the something other thing. Because if you go through the website, you can still get a room, but you're going to have to pay the full price. Yeah. Sorry. Which, which, if I'm not mistaken, if I looked the other day at that, was like just over $300, I think, a night. So, wow. Oof. yeah, it's, it's a major difference. So, mm-hmm. yeah, if you can find a roommate, you're better off for it, honestly. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of all that's going on there. Um, I'm excited that uh, we're going to have another speaker guest on tonight. Like we've been saying, this is somebody that everybody knows. and uh, But at the same time, we're going to find something out that nobody knows about this person. We're going we're gonna to figure it out somehow, some way. We'll, we'll find out. He's got big Texas secrets, but we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back after this short message. 
Become a member of the National At-Home Dad Network, an organization focused on providing advocacy, community, education, and support. Connecting with households where dad is the primary caregiver of the children. We do this through our webinar and podcast series, mental health support groups, regular online social events, as well as our annual convention. The National At-Home Dad Network is a 100% volunteer organization. Without the generous support of its members and the community around it, we would not be able to continue the work that we do. Becoming a member gives you access to past convention speaker presentations, the ability to vote for board members annually, and ensures that the organization's fees and bills are in positive standing. Oh yeah, it should not go unmentioned that there is some cool swag headed your way if you decide to become a member. For only $35 a year, your membership provides you with the exclusive content only we can generate, and you'll be supporting an organization that benefits families all around the country and world. By advocating for them, offering them community, providing education and guidance, and supporting them to grow in their parenthood journey. And one last thing, if you contribute $500 or more, you will become a lifetime member. Not only will you receive everything already mentioned, but also a certificate recognizing your status and an exclusive National At Home Dad Network challenge coin with our trademark logo, Dads Don't Babysit. So what are you waiting for? Become a member today. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Like we were saying, we have a very special guest with us tonight. We have the one, the only Jeremy Haston with us and very excited to speak with him about what he's going to be talking about at Home DadCon, but also too, it's just fun to catch up with Jeremy and talk about life and what's, you know, all those kind of things. So Jeremy, welcome to the show, man. Hey guys, how are y'all? Doing well, man. Chilling like a villain. Thanks for asking. Yeah. We were saying before the break, I want to just clarify something. If it was you and me, Jeremy, in a room and we were pinky in the brain, which one of us would be the brain? Yeah. See, he said he said me. Did he? Uh, his audio is still yep. going out. So I <laughs> maybe his audio came out, but I'm sure he said me. I did. I did say you. Oh, did you really? <laughs> well, you're my big brother. So, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think I think pinky might absolutely be the older one. Uh, Maybe. Brain's just an annoying little brother kind of feel. You think the brain is the uh, little brother? Yeah, see, I don't know that I agree with that, Dan. I don't agree with that at all. That's all right. Y'all can be wrong. I don't mind. Brain is definitely like the older one, and then Pinky is the younger one, but it's like there's like a 10-year difference, like a 10-year gap. So you get that sort of like, I know everything from the older one, and then from the younger one, you're getting the like, well, he's just dumb, and although he's actually really smart in his own in his own way, so he's out. He can outsmart uh, brain in many ways, but Pinky doesn't see it. That's just me, though. I, I yeah, I think I, I have to agree with Brock on that one. I think that it's I'm the second oldest of nine, and my younger brothers are definitely Pinky. <laughs> <laughs> Do they know this? <laughs> Well, um, I don't think we've ever actually used that analogy as a family, mm -hmm. so probably not. They probably, I don't know, I think they know that I'm wiser than they are. Um, that's why they ask me for advice on stuff, which is a bad idea, but they do anyway. Mm -hmm. 
That sounds like so you have wait, you have nine siblings. Okay, so this is something uh, eight siblings. I or eight siblings. I, this is something I didn't know about you, I guess. Uh I didn't realize that you came from that big of a family. So where are you the oldest then? I'm the second oldest. You're the second oldest. How what's the youngest? What's like age-wise? Kentar is twenty-three. Oh wow. Okay. And I'm I will be 41 in two weeks. Okay. Wow, man. That's a spread. That is a spread. She's a stepsister, so that's part of why. Okay. But still though, to have that many siblings, like that's uh that's a lot of that's a lot of sibling rivalry and things in a house. What uh what was that like growing up with uh with that many around you? Well, I was a big wrestling fan, so there was a lot of wrestling going on. Yes. The figure four. Actually <laughs> developed some of my own submission moves that I've I've still never seen anybody in wrestling use. Mm-hmm. Who is your favorite wrestler from the days of childhood? Because it's different. It can be different from now, but childhood, like who was your guy? Well, I mean, when I was a kid growing up in the eighties, it had to be Hogan. Yeah. And it wasn't until the attitude era that I guess I switched over to like Steve Austin. But that's, I mean, that was everybody's favorite. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, brother. (laughs) It's a guy named Keith Lee who wrestles for a program called AEW or All Elite Wrestling. And he is just fantastic. He went to college at Texas A&M, which I'm a big Aggie fan. Uh, He's from Wichita, Kansas or Wichita, Texas. And I think he's just a phenomenal wrestler. That's cool. There were there was a bunch of times that I would put my brothers in a submission move and they would start uh crying for mom instead of just tapping out which is all i wanted was them to tap out (laughs) they just started screaming for mom and then when i would let go because i was afraid of my mom and then they would pop up and say see i never tapped out oh you (laughs) time to punch a dude in the kidney that is some straight up wrestling though you know it's like the whole like you're calling in like waiting for the referee or whatever to get in there like oh you didn't get me (laughs) they were watching they knew what was up Oh yeah, they they knew how to get me. They knew how to get on my nerves. We would do a lot of the moves we saw. Now this was a long time ago, longer, like way before Hulk Hogan. Let me say, but yeah, and we would do. My older brother did the figure four on my younger brother, and I don't know if you know that one, but all right, yeah, slapped his legs into it just like this, and then flung himself back. And my little brother screamed in pain in a way that I have never at that point heard a human being scream. I mean, he was hurt and if he hadn't been, he was so young basically, but he pulled a tendon um, in his leg and it, you know, he was walking funny for like three days. And um, I mean, we, we immediately jumped on and put it like my hand over his mouth. No, no, don't, 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 you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Come on, you're fine. You're fine. I'm- you're okay. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Come you, on. Back to me. you can do it to me. <laughs> yep. Unfortunately, they had their TV on too, so I guess they didn't hear us. So they were in the the far end of the house. So my thing when I was a kid, like you're talking about, like submission holds and stuff. My favorite thing to do was the pinochle, where you come in and you you know you grab each other's hands. Usually it was uh, the giant and like Hulk Hogan would do it, where they would like lock hands in the middle, and it was like they were basically trying to like get the other one to like basically kneel before them or whatever. So it was like that whole deal. It's called a Greco-Roman knuckle lock now. Yeah, knuckle. Yeah. So that was one of my favorite things to do because I was typically taller than most of, like I was taller than my brother for the most part and, and 
he was really the only one that I would wrestle with for the most part, except for friends from time to time. But that was like the move, like get in there and do that. And just basically like bring them to their knees. <laughs> like you knew once you got them down, it's like, all right, we're good. Right. <laughs> Cause the last part of it was that I usually would like crunch up like that. So like you bend their fingers and like, that was, <laughs> that was like a submission hold on top of it. Those were fun days when I was a kid and, and my entire body didn't hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you healed so fast. I mean, my kids now, they're, they're, I mean, before we started recording, my kids are running back and forth in the basement. No, there's no running in the house first. So I got my door open. One of them goes running past and the other one just reaches out with her hand and grabs his heel. And he just goes in the air, crashes on the ground, which is a hardwood. I mean, it's a, it's a concrete floor with a vinyl you know, surface. So very hard. And he's down and he's just holding it, not even making any sound yet. And I'm like, Okay, one, no running in the house. Two, keep yourself to yourself. And three, I got a podcast tonight. And if I have to go take you to the emergency room, I'm going to zerbit you until you cry. And it's basically <laughs> tickling. So it's like, what are you doing? You know, you know that these are all against the rule. But he, I mean, he was down. I mean, he was down. And I was seriously considering I might have to take him to the emergency room. And then maybe two minutes later, I'm I'm standing there and he's goes, okay, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm all right. And it's bruised, you know, it's red and going to turn purple. And he's like, no. And then he's standing and bouncing on it. I'm like, I'd be dead, man. They're made I'd of rubber. Dead. They're they made really of rubber. Are. Yeah. My, my brother uh, was saying that to me the other day. Uh, my daughter, we do a walk every day. We were doing it in the afternoon, but now we're doing it in the morning because it's too hot in the afternoon. So uh, we were walking back from going like around the block kind of thing. Uh, we walk our dog and my wife and my daughter and I, and, and uh, we go a little further every day because I'm a big guy. I'm trying to not be as big. So, mm-hmm. you know, we get up and walk every day. And my daughter fell and skinned her knee. Mm-hmm. And I sent a picture to my brother and he said, see, if that had been me, there's a 60% chance I'd have needed surgery. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, shoot. From then on, you'd have a good knee, but only one. Like Carl Wilkie. In his new knee. <laughs> well, so here's the deal. Like, you made it to the first uh, home dad con for yourself, uh, Cincinnati, I believe, right? That was the first one you got to go to. So, in which what I've been to so far. Okay, and 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 at that one, uh, like, it was uh, one. It was great to reconnect with you because the last time I met, I got to see you was at Dad 2.0 at that time. But uh, I think the the funniest thing about uh interacting with you was on friday and saturday night uh at the ends of each of those nights being in the beer share <laughs> it's the the first night like one eric shorberg he's just a bad influence like let's just put it out there really i mean is. he really is like he's <laughs> he, he's a he's a pusher and a dealer of beer like it's his it's like it's his job or something when he's there um but it was just funny because I remember uh, sitting beside you and you were just like, yeah, I'm good. Like, I don't, I, this doesn't really hit me like, you know, hard or anything. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And then it Saturday. Takes a lot to get me drunk. Yeah, that's what it was. It takes a lot to get you drunk. That's what you said. And I was like, oh, well, okay, you get the, I get that. And then Saturday rolls around and I come walking back in after the football game and your pupils were as big as golf balls. And I was like, oh, okay, like this is Jeremy. Uh, feeling real good <laughs> it's eric's i'm, I'm gonna eric I've, I've blamed eric ever since and i'm gonna do it again <laughs> i i don't see why not 
he is a master at beer pressure. I mean, peer pressure. <laughs> and literally, there was not a single moment that night that I had an empty beer in my hand. He's a good because friend. That's just, what he is. He's, he's a, a good friend. He's a great friend. <laughs> he is I, a great I friend. I will say, out of, out of her, all her. of the guys that I have met in this journey as being a stay-at-home dad and, and um, you know, going on six years uh, as part of this community, I would put Eric in the top five best guys that I've met during mm -hmm. that time period. He's a good dude. Yeah. That's for yeah. sure. Yep. I, I would agree with that. So getting to hang out with you at, in Cincinnati was awesome. And then, you know, unfortunately things didn't work out for last year, but uh, this well, year. I just bought a house. So oh yeah, no, I know you, you moved and everything. Right yeah. Which puts you in a better position for being closer to the convention this year anyways. So it all worked oh, out. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and Phoenix is just, uh, um, I regret not being able to make it, but, it is what it is. I, I just bought a house, so uh, we were still kind of getting settled in and taking that time off. Just wasn't what in the cards. Yeah, mm -hmm. then that happens. I'm really looking forward to this year because I need I need my guys. Mm -hmm. Right, and and that's and that's the thing that you know we all I feel like yearn for, especially when it comes to home dad con. It's been fun though, like too, like some of the dads have been going on little road trips and stuff and like meeting up in different ways. And I know that yeah, you and I got to hang out with uh, Grady a few weeks ago. And uh, from what I understand from talking to uh, Charlie uh, today, uh, that he's about to head up and uh, kind of do the Northern section of things. And uh, Danny, will you get to see him? Is he coming your way too? No, no. Grady's <gasps> mad. So we're oh, fine. Okay. Well, yeah, so he's he's gonna go see Charlie and I believe Eric and Paul, if I'm not mistaken. So he's gonna take a little trip up there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Gonna go see Paul. About uh, about an hour away from me at most. Yeah, you could you could just drive over and see him. Just crash the party, man. No, nah, I ain't gonna. I I can't though. I have four kids. <laughs> I cannot. It's a whole production trying to go do something. It it is yeah. Just leaving that. It, it's really funny. It's really funny because it's it's so easy now because I'm in management. My kids really are taking <laughs> care of themselves in so many ways. But the opportunities to actually leave it, there's just everything would just fall apart. And I'm not saying like I'm the linchpin. I'm so important. But just there's so many things we have going on for the <laughs> summer. You know, one of them is taking driving lessons. Two of them are in camp. Um, two of them are going to the gym every day with me. And it's just like, oh, okay, okay, okay. So, yeah. That's yeah. a heavy, that's a heavy uh, schedule, man. That's a heavy schedule yeah. for sure. I can understand it's that. It's the summer you want. You know, it's the memories you want for summer. That makes me feel even more honored about last year with you taking the time to come see us mm -hmm. uh, for my birthday last year. Because some of the guys know. Uh, but not everybody. Last summer, I actually did take a couple of days and went up to stay with Eric, and a bunch of dads came and, and uh, hung out with us, and, and we went to an arcade, and and I got a tattoo, and and uh, we went to see uh, a belly dancer at a restaurant, and mm -hmm. just had a great time for the whole weekend. I, I would love to see, and I've, we've talked about this a couple times about doing like little mini dad cons where guys who live uh, relatively close to each other can take a weekend and it can be, you know, six months off of, of actual home dad con and just get together and just have some community. 
you know, as opposed to, to the convention, which is very much professional development, this would just be a chance for everybody to really just hang out and, you know, get to know some of the dads who live in their, in their part of the country. Yeah. I, I love that idea. And I've, Honestly, I spend a lot of time on like Verbo and Airbnb, like looking around for large cabins, like with uh, ponds where, you know, you could invite like 10 or 20 guys to come for a couple of days and just hang out, you know, whatever, and just have a good time there and, you know, not have to go anywhere. Like, you know, we can bring food in, have a grill there, like do some fishing and whatnot and just have a good old time. So I... I, I love that idea. I mean, I'm only I'm only six hours from you, so if that happens, it's only a six hour drive. Oh, don't worry. I will. You will know for sure. Actually, I'm gonna try to go more. I'm trying to do one where I go more your direction, anyways, so that you know, Danny and Eric and Paul and the guys in the Chicago, like you know, there's a, a nice conglomerate of guys like right there. So if you get into the like Illinois, even Iowa area, like that Des Moines that's I was I was looking at Des Moines actually at one time so that's the case I'm calling up my buddy Tony Conrad to see uh see what he can do oh I so, love Tony yeah so yeah so that would that would be uh, a definite for there but I definitely like the idea of of like a mini con or just even just like you know just this retreat type deal where you get you get the dads together to hang out so um but along with that this year you get to come to Milwaukee you get to be around all of us guys that, you know, we didn't get to be around you last year. But on top of that, you have been chosen to be a speaker this year, which Danny and I both are super proud and very like just happy that you got picked to uh, to be able to, to talk about uh, your topic. And so your topic is things we are scared to share, and it's opening up about miscarriage and pregnancy loss. And I think that a lot of guys are going to have some tears. I know I'm going to have some Kleenexes with me because it speaks right to things that I've gone through. But just don't you don't have to give everything away, but uh, tell us a little bit of like what drew you to talk about this. And uh, just, I'm just going to see where it goes from there. Okay, well, first I blame you. Oh, uh, awesome. I love it. This is two This is two people in a row who are pointing at me every time I give them the, the mic like this. <laughs> well, and it's because at Cincinnati, just we were talking, and I don't remember what we were talking about, and I just mentioned that I was also a public speaker, like I was a trained public speaker through Toastmasters, and you said to me, well, then why aren't you talking? Why aren't you doing a session? That's right. I did and challenge so, you on that. Ever since then, I, you know, I started working on it, and, and um, this is my opportunity to do it. But to answer your question as to what led me to this, my wife and I lost our child, our first child. We lost our son uh, before we had our daughter, and we were looking for creative ways to kind of deal with that pain. And I'll be talking about you know the importance of that of going of figuring out some creative way. Uh, to process what you're going through, to process the the grief and the emotions that you're feeling. And at the time, we were in Toastmasters, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with Toastmasters. It's a mm-hmm. public speaking training organization. And we gave a, a joint speech. Uh, and in fact, most of what I'll be talking about is kind of expounding on that because I've had a couple of years to look back at it. And because uh, this was all 
seven years ago. And when we gave the speech originally was almost exactly one year after we lost our child. It was like a day off. And it was our announcement that we were pregnant with a Vivian just in 12 weeks at that point in time. So it was kind of our way of telling our friends and family because we invited a bunch of our friends to come to that Toastmasters meeting and uh, my mom was there. And, you know, kind of our chance at the very end to, to say that there is some hope that whenever you're going through that kind of thing, because it's just about the worst thing that a, a couple can go through. Mm -hmm. and I want to help other people who are going through it because I think that's the biggest problem. I think in our society, we don't talk about it, and so we don't realize that there are people in our circle who have been there yeah, and can help us through it, and then we don't realize later on that there's somebody in our circle who's going through it now and could benefit from you, mm -hmm. and I want to fix that if at all possible. Because like you said, it's, I mean, well, just grief in general is very difficult for people to talk about it. I mean, someone says, you know, my, well, for us, my dad died and you say what you say, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry to hear that, you know, condolences and all that, but really you don't know how to address that. You know, we don't have any real training in grief. No one talks about it because it's awful until it hits you and then you have to you know, try to pick up the pieces and move on with your life. But like you said, losing a child um, is it's gotta be the greatest pain I, I, I can imagine. Um, and, and so then you, you even more so don't have the ability to talk about it. You don't have to talk about it. If anybody does, especially your baby, you lost your baby and you're done. I mean, I, I was wrecked. Um, and I, you know, Martin and I both were just torn apart, but we, you know, we let people know, cause we'd already said, you know, that, that we were, you know, that she was pregnant. Um, but no one really knew how to respond to it. Like you said, it's something you're kind of like, oh, um, and then we don't know how to talk and we don't know how to reach out. We don't talk about it because we don't talk about it. It's a taboo subject, but it doesn't have to be. It's only a taboo subject because we've made it one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I have a tattoo for my son that we lost. Um, and I remember when I went to go get that, I went to like 10 different shops uh, because I had an idea of what I wanted. And, and I, you know, for the guys who are listening to this or for people who are listening to this, sorry, that uh, are, are tattoo people. I had read an article that talked about the etiquette of getting a tattoo. And one of them was don't just show up and say, I just want a tattoo. Have an idea of what you want. Uh, you know, it can be something whimsical or fun, whatever, but, but have an idea of what you want. Don't just come in with nothing in your head, mm -hmm. uh, but also listen to your artist because that's, they're the, they're the expert. That's why you're giving them a couple hundred dollars of your money because they're the expert. Yep. And I went to like 10 different shops with an idea and all of them, the first nine just said, oh sure. 150 bucks come on incident. And they were just going to just do exactly what I had said my idea was. But that's not what I was looking for. I was looking for something a little more personal because this was obviously a very personal thing. And the last guy, the last shop I went into, the guy was working on a, a big back piece for somebody and, and uh, was talking to me while he was working. And I gave him my idea. And he said, okay, well, we're going to take a break here in a minute. Go over there to where the books are. Look at some art. Uh, I'm going to come over and ask you a couple of questions here in a minute. And he came over a few minutes later and he said, you know, you're talking about putting baby footprints on your arm but you don't have a baby 
So you're going to have a lot of people who are going to ask questions, and this is something you're going to have to talk about. And I told him, well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's our idea is we want people to talk about this more. We think that we're doing ourselves a big disservice by not doing that. And he said, okay, have you thought of any other artistic, creative way to express this pain that you're feeling that's not something permanent that you might regret later? And I said, well, yeah, we're, we're uh, members of Toastmasters, and, and uh, we explained what that was to him and uh, that we were working on a speech for it. And he said, okay. I just want to make sure that you know going in, this is not something that you're doing in a moment of grief and pain that you're going to regret later. And I don't want to be a part of something that somebody regrets. Mm -hmm. And I said, from now on, dude, you're my guy. And I, I didn't go to anybody else when I lived in Austin uh, except him because he knew how important this was and he knew how personal it was. And he wanted to make sure that he honored that. That's and I awesome. I think that that's something that is missing is, you know, like you said, Denny, we don't know how to talk about it. We don't know what to say, but having that kind of creative way to help process this grief uh, is a big part of it. And I think that that's something that um, I'm hoping, hoping that there will be some guys there at DadCon who will take that away from what I'm going to say. And are you planning on leaving time for other people to express themselves in it yeah especially because uh i mean it's a long a long session and, mm -hmm. and i don't want to hog the entire time i want to give guys that space if they want and and i don't know how many will want to uh you know you told me when you and i were discussing this when you came to visit me a couple months ago and i told you that i was going to do kind of a show of hands that you think a lot of the guys will have more to say than i'm thinking and i'm hoping you're right I'm hoping mm -hmm. that that a lot of them will will be more open about it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm right in that same boat with you as far as getting like a tattoo to to um, uh, just have a way to remember uh, the loss of our first child, and we were going to name her Rose. And so when I was sitting in the chair and I was getting Hezekiah, my firstborn's uh, feet uh, tattooed um, over my heart. Um, the guy was, we talked through everything and, and I was like, I really want this to be very detailed. And so he did an amazing job on it. And while talking with him, I was explaining to him like why this was important to me. And then also to talking about the loss of our daughter and, and that, and he was just like, if you're willing, I would love to let you pick out like something to be able to do some sort of like tribute uh tattoo to go along with what you have uh that i'm putting on you right now and uh i was like honestly like i would love like just a rose like a really like really pretty rose um that's you know in bloom but also like the little little footprints and he was like oh yeah i can definitely do that and so that's what i have actually on my right uh peck is his footprints from uh, when he was born and then this rose and these two little footprints on there as well. And uh, it just came out so, it just came out so well. It looks so nice. And I, from time to time, when I do have my t-shirt off, a lot of times people are like, oh, like, why do you have that little, the little set of footprints or whatever? And it always strikes up a conversation. And, uh, and my, and my, and my wife um, was actually in the tattoo studio when it was being done and everything. And uh, Hezekiah was 
super little at the time. So he was pretty much asleep in the carriage or whatever. But yeah, just having that is something that um I when I when we were like when we were there, I really hadn't thought about it honestly. I kind of didn't want to have something that I kept. And then after talking it through and everything, I was like, no, I really wanted, I want something to go along with that, to, to show that, you know, we lost this love that we never got to really fully love. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, and, and that's for us, that's, that's, you know, been a great talking point. So I completely understand like trying to find that way to be able to share, uh, your story with with others to help them to be able to feel comfortable and opening up and being vulnerable about the hurt they've been feeling. Yeah, it's it sometimes it does take somebody saying, okay, I'll go first. Mm-hmm. And you know, kind of breaking that seal. And hopefully there will be guys there that uh weren't maybe comfortable telling it beforehand, but will be a little bit more likely to tell their story now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you said, it takes one person. That's that's true with all things like this grief, mental health, anything like that. We found that it just takes one person to be vulnerable, and especially if it's and, and every everybody that knows you knows you, right? Um, you're you are larger than life. I know you're a big fella, but you're also larger than life, and you're by extension of that. Just at who you are physically comes out in your voice and when you're speaking and singing and things like that. So people are kind of watching what you do, especially people that aren't as big or as loud, let's say, and they're looking for other people to, to kind of, you know, forge the path, whether that person wants to or not, it's just kind of a natural thing. Well, you're bigger than me. So I'm going to watch you and see what you do. You know, we're talking about brotherhood and stuff like that earlier, but that one person to step forward. And especially when it's a person that we know is strong and that we admire and that person stands in front of us and is vulnerable and shows us, yeah, this is, you know, and, and says, I might cry a little and it's not a joke. It's not, you know, somebody cutting onions in here. It's nothing um, demeaning even like that. It's just simply the purity of your heart and saying, yeah, this hurt a lot and it still hurts. How are you feeling? You know, and opening that up to the room or to the to people that are there, so they understand that, yeah, this is okay. Um, I can tell you, yeah, that hurt a lot. That hurt more than I thought anything could hurt me. And yeah, I hope you get a lot of that. I think too, like there's a lot of guys. It's a stigma, I guess you would say, where there are a lot of guys who they're like, I don't know how to talk about it, or do I even have a right to talk about it? Like it, you know, yes, it was my kid, but my wife or my partner or whatever, mm-hmm. they're the ones that went through the physical trauma of the loss. I was just beside them. And it's like, mm-hmm. but you're connected. Like when it's a pregnancy, like you, it's, it's a, you know, it's all in one, like you are there, you're supporting, you're along the side. Like you may not go through a physical change in that way. You're going to go through a mental change. Like, and mental changes are just as strong. I, yeah, I address the fact that that a lot of guys, I don't know that a lot of guys, but that that's part of the reason why we don't talk about this is because a lot of, because some people think that it's not my place to talk about it. I would use the word a lot. I think that if, I mean, I get it, like 
you know, we're we're in a situation where we're kind of in this bubble as the stay-at-home dads who have, and especially if you've gone to home dad con where you understand how to communicate, not hold things back, like be able to have conversations about tough things. The majority of the population though, they're in that a lot where they don't they don't know how to function in that way. And so I think that saying, yeah, a lot of dads um that are in have gone through that do not know how to process it. And most of them have yeah. never processed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm hoping that, I know, I know it sounds corny, but it, it is what it is. Like I said, this is where oftentimes as the, the guys in this group tend to be at least a little better in touch with ourselves in touch with our feelings. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm hoping that there can be some healing that starts with this. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I, I I love the fact that you're you're gonna attack this from the main stage. Um back in Milwaukee, there was a couple of us that did it from a breakout session. And honestly, like more guys showed up to that breakout session than I thought would walk through that door, honestly. And uh Wait, they, I'm, doing, I'm doing this on the main stage? Nope. Is, or no, sorry. I'm just thought, saying no, I'm doing a breakout, yeah. Or you're doing a breakout, breakout. sorry. My bad. <laughs> I looked at that. Say, the wrong don't way. put any more pressure on me. <laughs> Sorry, that's what I get right there. I didn't I didn't read that correctly. My bad. But anyway, regardless of that, I think you will be uh both pleasantly and also just surprised in just the amount of guys that come through the door and sit down and want to hear what you have to say and also to just want to share or get things out that they felt like they couldn't otherwise or felt guilty to even say. Cause I think that's a big part of it too, or is a lot of times is that like you know, don't be woe is woe is me or woe towards me type of thing because I didn't physically grow anything. It's like, mm, like, did you know? Like, <laughs> so yeah. Your child passed away. There's there's no reason why you can't be destroyed by that. I mean, it yeah. just it makes even if it was yes, you never actually met that that child, but that was your child. So well, and especially like if you if if you've gone through the the struggles with infertility that a lot of families go through even mm-hmm. prior to that. Like if you've been trying for a long time yeah. and you, you finally get this feeling of relief, like, okay, we're going to have it, our child finally. And then the worst thing happens. Yeah. And that's a big struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if it's a big gut punch. Child, like, like, like Brock, you said your, your daughter was going to be Rose. My uh, son, his nickname is going to be Jag. Because his initials were going to be John, or his name was going to be John Allen Gregory Haston. So J A G Haston. And we named him after five very, very important people in our lives. My grandfather, who was, uh, as you two know, very, very important to me and who passed away um, just last November, um, whose name was John. My wife had a father figure in her life also named John. Uh, and then her best friend's name is Alan. And her mom's name is Joan Ellen. So we kind of thought John Allen and Joan Ellen were close enough. Mm-hmm. And then my stepfather, Greg, very important people that we were trying to honor. And then losing him felt almost like losing the ones of those who had already left, felt almost like losing them again, like losing my stepdad, Greg, who died 20 years ago. Mm. And... Um, sorry, I'm not. I don't know why I said sorry. I'm not going to apologize for being upset and crying, not in front of you two at least. 
Yeah, not in front of I me. Know that, I know <laughs> that he's gonna, uh, all good, it's all good. Yeah, we totally. Understand. I got my walls up. I'm not crying tonight. I told myself <laughs> that, so I'm fine. But I would normally be be like, yeah, man, yeah, but I ain't gonna do it tonight. But to to be serious for a minute, to one of the things we talk about with the convention is how it's a career development thing. You know, it's a mm-hmm. career development conference convention, and. I really think that people need to understand that a part of being a parent is the emotional side because, you know, a lot of men still, it still surprises me to meet, you know, um, millennials that are like, no, 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 I don't have any emotions. What? Why not? (laughs) Come on. They're there. But it's very important to understand that when we have big things like this, to be able to talk about it, to find someone to lean on, to find your support network, do those things, those take those steps to process that because then one, you know how that you've gotten that out and you're good, but, but two, you know how so that you can tell other people. And you mentioned other fathers that might go through it. It's always amazing when we hear someone that can understand our story in that way, but also our children to be able to teach our children, look, this is what grief feels like. This is what grief looks like. This is what losing your child might be like. And yeah. also I have emotions, you have emotions, and we learn to to process them. It's definitely yeah. right in line with being career development as a parent. Is that ability to understand these hard things, hard emotional things, and deal with them. Our kids actually they know about Rose. Um we've told yeah, them maybe, the whole, maybe we, knows about Yeah, so we've we've told them the whole story and uh it's so funny because those two treat her as if they knew her uh, the way so that they they will bring her up in conversation, uh, whether it be where they're talking to me and Corey, or if it's just the two of them, uh, they will bring up like, oh, like, wouldn't it have been so cool to have done these things? Or uh, would she have, would she have liked this? Like they just all this different stuff. And then, on, you know, it's just like, it's so it's what I feel like we wanted but it's like it's got to be done in a way where it just kind of happens you can't force that out yeah. and, and it's just this idea of you know there are a lot of times where people ask us like how many kids do you have and we're like three one of which we will meet in heaven straight and simple and people are and then that always starts a conversation too but yeah it's it's great to hear them just bring her into conversation from time to time and uh yeah. So that's, I, well, and, I can't be more proud about that. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Vivian, we've been through a lot of loss lately in my family and my, but my daughter is six and she's kind of at that age where she until recently didn't really know what death meant. I don't think, uh, until, uh, as I mentioned earlier, my grandfather died in November and then my dad died in January. And so, uh, she's been around it a lot more lately. And so now she'll have times where she just randomly says, I miss my brother mm-hmm. and I wish I could play with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's tough. I, yeah. Me too. V me too. I'm curious just to kind of turn yeah. the, the, the page on, on things a little bit, uh, which one, I really appreciate you sharing all what you're talking about. And, uh, and I'm definitely looking forward to to hearing to, to hearing it. I'm hoping I can make it in there actually for that breakout. So you so you're a part of the Toastmasters, and is that uh, like I was or was okay? But still, what I'm okay. curious of is this: we have the uh, infamous 
Jonathan Isaac Grove, JHG, who is about to finish oh, up his, who, yeah, who is about to finish up his uh, presidency. And I'm curious, does is Toastmaster like Roastmaster? Like, would uh, would 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 you be a uh, a guy that could? Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're gonna roast. ask Jeremy if he could roast JHG? Come on, <laughs> one, Just... yes, he can, but two, I don't think he would. Uh, yeah, well, Am I right? I for sure won't. And I'll, I'll tell you, a, a big part of it is is because even though I, I feel like I'm pretty involved in the national organization, I don't know JHG very well. Ah. Uh, and because he like Cincinnati would have been my first chance to meet him and he wasn't able to be there. So that's right. That's uh, right. I, I don't think I've ever actually met the guy in real life. <laughs> sorry uh, to me i'm like to me i'm like a friday night at the dinner i'm like hmm, like we need to get some guys up and, and roast him just as a uh, going away set thing. that up bro you should absolutely <laughs> I mean, set that you up you yes have the best time go just go for it just there's plenty of us that know him <laughs> I, i'm sure I don't there will be that some well. people who will say some stuff but i'm not going to be one of them i, I I'll couldn't good. either he's so kind Oh, you can find He's something in all that kindness. So kind. Yeah, yeah, but he he and I don't have that relationship. We've never been to that point where, where we make fun of each other. Oh, you know, wow. he's not he's not like I don't know how to put this. He's part of the family, but it's kind of like I don't know. I don't know where I'd place him, but um definitely not somebody I would make fun of, you know. And I'm sure he would be fine with it, let me say. <laughs> but I I don't have any ammunition on the guy. I would have to be like, Yeah, that's right. JHG was <sighs> really good at what he did and should not leave <laughs> and crap all right fine. somebody else so all right yeah okay. set it up i would laugh i would laugh for sure J- J- if, he J- if you're listening and i hope you are i just want you to know danny and i are not part of this <laughs> oh man i have just put myself in front of the bullseye at this point okay oh, no, i'm sure there's people that will help you though mm-hmm. <laughs> oh i'm sure there are too for definitely well, yeah. there's bound to be a lot of guys who know him real well yeah. I, i'm just not one of them all right, well, fine. Hey, how about this? What are you looking forward to doing when you come to uh, Milwaukee? Well, there's a few guys that weren't at Cincinnati, and again, I wasn't at Phoenix, that uh, I've been wanting to meet for a long time, like for years. I've been wanting to meet some of these guys in person. Uh, and some of you have had the, the privilege of doing that with, but there's a couple of guys like Arvis, uh that i want to see just how tall he really is oh my gosh you ain't ready for that (laughs) i'm tall i'm Mm -hmm. I'm almost six two Mm -hmm. i'm nowhere (laughs) close to as tall as he is Uh, yeah and then there's some other people like uh micah adams who i've been wanting to meet for about five years Mm -hmm. and it just it's just never worked out and i think that's always the best part of dadcon for me yes is I've never been the kind of person who had a whole lot of quote unquote real life friends. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the guys that I've known through the through the State on Dead Facebook groups are closer to me than anybody in my real life. Mm-hmm. And some of them I've never actually met in person. That's one of my favorite parts. I I will say for me, like yeah, definitely meeting guys is a big thing. Like I I always like meeting the uh, scholarship uh guys that come in especially the first timers those guys are just so much fun like they've had like z- some of those guys have had zero contact with 
with anybody really. And so they come in and it's like, you just see them. They're like a little kid on Christmas morning. They're like, wow, this is a lot, but I'm super excited to be here kind of deal. And, yeah. well, and, that, and that's the way I went. Cause I was a, uh, at Cincinnati, I was a scholarship. Mm. And, um, fortunately, uh, some of you I had known, uh, I had met at dad too, uh, a couple of years back. Right. But most of the guys, I I never met in real life. Yeah, and we had the dad lounge going, so that was kind of the only other way to really connect with anybody at that time too. Right. So right. yeah, which is fantastic, by the way. I know that there's a couple guys who are leading a session on the importance of the dad lounge, and I'm I'm really hoping that that one's not at the same time as mine because <laughs> um, I think that's a, a huge benefit, and I, I want everybody to to get a chance to see that. Yeah, um, and you see how important if you haven't been for anybody who's listening to this, if you have never signed on to the dad lounge, it is the highlight of my week. Most weeks, you know, getting a chance to to sit down and um, kind of lock myself in my office, and I've got a little fridge full of beer right behind me in my office, <laughs> uh, and just talk, and just you know, as I said earlier, I've, I've gone through a whole lot of trauma in the last year and if it wasn't for the dad lounge i don't know how i would have handled half of what i've had to handle mm -hmm. well said hey jeremy we are uh up against the wall on time we really appreciate you uh coming on the show and uh and sharing with us a little bit of yourself and what you're going to be uh, presenting on and you know the countdown is uh getting smaller and smaller and we're within 60 days at this point uh when this gets published so uh yeah so it's going to be it's coming too so it's going to get it's going to get real exciting real quick with everything that's going to be uh coming out so but i just wanted to thank you for coming on the show and i really appreciate you sharing uh all of the information that you're uh you shared tonight and that you're going to be sharing with us in uh, milwaukee so uh thanks again and uh we will see you in a few weeks buddy all right well you guys have a great night i love both of you very very much and uh i will Look forward to my hugs. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. All right, everybody. Have a good night. Good night, everybody. I'm a dad, that's what I do. <laughs>